This is Contractor Sense with Ruth King. Welcome to Contractor Sense. Here you discover ideas, tactics, news, and information that matters to your contracting business and you. I'm your host, Ruth King. This episode is sponsored by Profitability Movement. Google profitability-movement to join this community of business owners focused on building profit, increasing wealth, and giving back. Thank you for joining us. Here's how we will help your business and you today. Do you have a mental management practice? Well, what is this? You'll find out today. My guest, Mark Madison, is an expert on practicing mental management and using these practices to achieve your business and personal goals. Mark started as a service technician when I first met him and wanted more. He expanded his mind, his desires, and implemented practices that helped him become an internationally recognized speaker helping people all over the world. His eighth book, As We Think Is So We Become, explains how to be a better mental manager. Mark, welcome to Contractor Sense. Uh, thanks, Ruth. I appreciate you having me on the show. Oh, my pleasure. You know, you and I have had lots of conversations over the years, and I, and I don't think anybody calls it a mental management practice other than you. Is that true? I think so. I don't know if it's an original thought, but yeah, it's just, it's a nice alliteration. So yeah, I mean, it really tells about what you really and truly do. And I have to tell you an interesting story because you, you and I both know in our, you know, not your industry so much anymore because you've expanded worldwide, but you know, in the HVAC and plumbing and electrical industries, everybody's complaining about the fact that it's hard to find help. Right. I'm sure you hear that. Right. So um, one of my clients who has a multi-million dollar business, and we'll just leave it, I'm not going to say size or anything else like that. He prayed every morning for all of the people who did not belong in his business to leave and all the people who should be part of his business to come. And within a quarter, I mean, he did this every morning and every night. He was practicing a little bit of a different form of mental management, you know, just a little bit differently than what, you know, some of the things you do. And you know what? All the people, he didn't have to fire them. They left. And he found some phenomenal people who are still with him. And, you know, we have the culture and everything else like that to be a really phenomenal place to work. But he found some phenomenal people by practicing mental management. Prayer is talking to God. Meditation's listening. Yeah. So he did it. Yeah, it works. Yeah, yep. absolutely. I pray for people I don't like. It works really well. It doesn't change them. It changes me. Well, it, you know, it, it also changes the reaction to you and your reaction to them. Exactly. Who was the guy? I can't remember who it was, but it's, I love you. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. Thank you. Who did that? Boy, no? that sounds like me. <laughs> no, it's Leo somebody or other. Oh, Leo Buscalia. That's it. Yeah. But anyway. So I use that all the time with something, you know, if I just can't stand somebody, I will say that over and over and over again. And the whole thing just shifts after a period of time. Yeah. It really, God, bl does. God bless them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it really and truly, it is mental management. Okay. So let's talk about your eighth book. Why? Sure. What, you what would it? you like to know? Why'd you write it? Well, I, on the heels of uh, COVID, you know, I had a little bit extra time, as you probably did, too. Actually so I wrote a book. <laughs> well, I wrote a book called Old Light Through New Windows, and that was really to my grandkids. Uh -huh. And I got that one out of my system. It was like 300 pages. And then I started thinking about uh, Earl Nightingale, who is a mentor yeah. of mine. Yeah. 
and he died in 1989 and that was when I discovered him and he wrote something called The Strangest Secret in the World, and I've listened to that hundreds of times, and it's just phenomenal. All these years later, it still resonates. It's still true. Mm -hmm. And it's an Emerson quote, you know, uh, we become what we think about. And so I started really thinking about that and and then kind of considering all the elements of that. And so as, as I started writing it, I went back to some some older wisdom you know from a hundred years ago and you had you had mentioned you know just for today and when i rediscovered that because i've been saying that every day for years and uh it, it just changed the way i saw the world and it changed the way i saw and looked at myself uh, because we all talk to ourselves sixty thousand thoughts a day and 75 percent of those are negative okay so i started asking myself what informs my thinking you know what informs who informs you know the way I think. And so, you know, I've been a huge advocate of setting goals for since I was 14 years old. And I teach, I teach my clients and, and audiences that the simple process of choosing one goal over all the others and just focusing on that and then doing what I affectionately call the hour of power. You read for 20 minutes, you think about your goal for 20 minutes, and then you plan your day. Mm -hmm. And what that ends up doing is, is it drives out first things first, one thing at a time and finish what you start. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you started goal setting because of... <laughs> I got cut Trevor. from the basketball team in eighth yeah. grade. Yeah. And I was going to prove Kim Wilson wrong. And so I went to the best player I knew. His name was Kenny Christensen. And he was an amazing player, scoring 20 points a game. And I said, how did you get so good? He said, I shoot two hours every day and I go to Bob Hubrick's basketball camp. So I did that. And I learned what to practice at the camp. And I shot two hours every day and I made the team the next year. And I grew nine inches. That didn't hurt. But no, that didn't. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. But but that set me on a path. And that process of finding <laughs> someone who's done what I want to do and been where I want to go informed every chapter in my life. Uh-huh. And when I look at you know my ascent, starting as a technician, then in sales, then writing and speaking, I was constantly looking for and finding the Kenny Christensen's of the world. Cool. Absolutely. And, and the thing that makes it worse is you weren't afraid to ask for help. No, unassertive salespeople have skinny kids. You can't <laughs> be shy. You got to ask for what you want. And I tell contractors, if you're $2 million and you want to get to five, find a $5 million contractor. Yeah. Right? Or if you're a me. woman in sales <laughs> and, and you want to sell a million dollars of your product or service, go find a woman who sold $2 million Yeah. And ask her what she does. Yep. And follow it. Yes, and do what they say. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to ask the question, but don't roll your eyes in your back of your head and go, I can't do that. Well, guess yeah. what? At that point, you can't. Yeah, and worse, I won't do that. Then it's never going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, let's look at things from a very positive perspective. rather. When than I first started in sales, Ruth, I took a guy named Les Dix to lunch. Les had been the national sales manager of the year at Xerox. And I said, what advice would you offer? You know, I was a tech for 10 years. You know, help me, Mr. Help Mr. Wizard, you know, right? So he said, if your boss says do two proposals a week, you do four. So I did five. Yeah. And I was 150% of plan my first year, even though my close rate was really low. And, you know, I never looked back. Yeah. Because you got better at it. You practiced. Yeah. You yeah. yeah. There's Minor an amazing detail. book by Daniel Coyle called uh, The Talent Code. And he talks about three things. Ignition deep practice and master coaching. And when I look back on my life, 
I literally did all three of those things. Ignition was the motivation to say, this is what I'm going to do. Outside in or inside out. Deep practice is spending two, three hours a day honing your craft, working on yourself. And master coaching is getting advice from people who've done what I want to do and been where I want to go. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we need to take a short break right now. If they want to get a copy of the book, how do they do it? They can go to my website www.sparkingsuccess.net and you'll get a signed copy and I always throw bonuses in or they can go on Amazon. Uh, the name of the book is As We Think So We Become 22 Ways to Change Your Thinking and Your Life and Live Your Left Best Life Right Now. Yeah. Mental Management Practice. <laughs> right. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. Many times, relatives are recruited to do your company's books without knowing how to do the books. Or you hire a bookkeeper who really doesn't know bookkeeping. If this is you, then your books are probably inaccurate. You probably pay more taxes than you should, and you rarely look at a P&L and balance sheet because you know they are wrong. What do you do? Have your bookkeeper enroll in Ruth King's Contractor Bookkeeping Basics. After completing this online course, your bookkeeper will know bookkeeping. You'll get accurate financial statements that help you make good business financial decisions. To enroll, click on the link in the show notes or call us at 770-729-0258. Enroll today. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. I'm speaking with Mark Madison, whose eighth book, as we think is so we become is available at his website and on Amazon. Go to his website because I don't know whether any of you know it, but Amazon basically pays all authors about 50 cents a book. We think everybody thinks we get rich. We don't. We do it because we love doing it. We do it because we love sharing and we love the light bulbs going off when you get it. Right. And autograph books are worth more when the speaker dies. So there's that. <laughs> I'm not dying for a while. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be 105 going, I remember when there was that. Yeah. Yeah, mine is 120, by the way. Okay, that's a good number. Yeah. Somebody's got to live that long. It may as well be you. That's right. And and me having all my mental faculties and everything like that, not dribbling in, in a wheelchair. That's not my idea of fun. No. So anyway, I, I got permission from Mark to read what he reads and says to himself every day. So I want to read it to you. There are 10 things. So number one, just for today, I will be happy. This assumes what Abraham Lincoln said is true, that most folks are about as happy as they make their minds up to be. Happiness is from within. It is not a matter of externals. Number two, just for today, I will adjust myself to what is and not try to adjust everything to my own desires. I will take my family, my business, and my luck as they come and fit myself to them. In a word, acceptance. Number three, just for today, I will take care of my body. I will exercise it, care for it, nourish it, not abuse or neglect it, so that it will be a perfect machine for my bidding. I will work out daily and eat clean and smart. Number four, just for today, I will strengthen my mind. I will learn something useful. I will not be a mental loafer. I will read a book that requires effort, thought, and concentration. I will write something that serves others. Number five, just for today, I will exercise my soul in three ways. I will do somebody a good turn and not get found out. I, do, I will do at least two things today I don't want to do, as William James says, just for the exercise and discipline. Mm. 
Number six, just for today, I will be agreeable. I will look as well as I can, dress as becomingly as possible, talk low, act courteously, be liberal with praise, criticize not at all, nor find fault with anything or anyone and not try to regulate, not improve anyone but myself. Number seven, just for today, I will live through this day only and not tackle my whole life problems at once. I can do things for 12 hours that would appall me if I had to keep them up for a lifetime. Number eight, just for today, I will have a program. I will write down what I expect to do every hour. I may not follow it exactly, but I will have it. It will eliminate two pests, hurry and indecision. Number nine, just for today, I will have a quiet half hour all by myself and relax. In this half hour, sometimes I will think of God so as to get a little more perspective into my life. I will give thanks for my blessing. And number 10, just for today, I will be unafraid, especially I will not be afraid to be happy, to enjoy what is beautiful, to love, to believe those I love, love me just for today. And I'm going to add the X, the other part of it, Mark. I wonder what would happen if I printed this, pasted it on my bathroom mirror, and read it aloud for 30 days as a test. Nah, I don't want to be too healthy. <laughs> <laughs> what one action will you take? I think, yeah, it's, it, you know, all of us do parts of that sometimes, but actually just to continue doing it is something that's really kind of cool. Um, it's so it, simple. Yeah. Right. And it was written in 1908 by a guy named Sybil Partridge, you know, and it's timeless. Yeah. Absolutely timeless. You know, if you go back and you go look at the stuff that was done in the 1700s, I don't know whether you've gone back, back that that far. Very, very similar things that everybody has just kind of built upon and modernized a little bit. But it's the same stuff. Same thing. the The Wealth of Nations. When was that written? 1776, I think. Yeah. Adam, what was his name? Smith. Adam Smith. That's still relevant. Yep. I mean, Acres of Diamonds was written in 1927. It still works. Yeah. Everything still works. I know. It does still work. It's it's part of the human being. So one of the questions that I know we're going to, I will get asked, maybe not you will get asked, but I'll get an email like this. Okay. What got you out of being a tech to a salesperson to what you're doing now? Mm. Well, I end of my third year of my apprenticeships, I sold more service agreements than the guy they hired full time. So my boss called me in the office. I can't get anybody to sell like you do. Would you consider coming into the office? And I was all excited. And I came home and I said to my wife, no more coveralls and baseball cap for me. I'm going to wear a sweater with slacks and leather shoes with tassels. <laughs> And she said, you've never finished anything you've ever started. You have one more year. The job will still be there. Finish what you start, but not for the reason you think, for how it's going to make you feel to complete it. And I hate it when my wife is right. <laughs> but I did what she said. And sure enough, the next year, the job was still there and I took it. And then so we were then you were selling. What got yes. you out of HVAC into writing and speaking? Well, well, so I, I, <laughs> I, I had a mentor, his name was Bob Moat, and I met him yeah. when I was 14, and I attended a two-day seminar, and it changed my life, and then fast forward, I'm in my mid-30s, and here's Bob again, except now he's way better, and he's, he's a consultant speaker to businesses, and I heard him speak again in downtown Seattle, and we reconnected, and he started recruiting me, 
And within a year, I was the top salesman of my company and I was just loving it. I was making six figures and I loved my job, but here was an opportunity to go into the training and education business. And I'd become a seminar junkie like you. Uh-huh. And so uh, I couldn't, I couldn't turn it down. And it was hard. Uh, it yeah, was ni- sure. 1993, it was, the recession was just winding down. And, and uh, the first couple of years, I really struggled. And then the third year, I kind of turned the corner. And after four years, I went to, I went out on my own. And, uh, and we remained friends right up until the day he died. Yeah. And, and Trevor uh, died too. And Trevor died too. And I was at Trevor's funeral in March. And I got to see some of the old folks from Edge Learning. It was great to, to, to see them all again, but not for the reason. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, writing the book, uh, I, I, I wrote A Freedom from Fear and I sent the manuscript to Charlie Jones, uh-huh. Charlie Tremendous Jones. Yep. And he called two weeks later, he says, ah, oh, Tremendous Mark. If you can write another book like that, you won't need to speak anymore. And I didn't know what that meant. And he said, I'd like to publish it. And I said, you're a publisher? He said, what do you think Executive Books is, an underwear store? <laughs> so, Good, Charlie. <laughs> and, and the book just took off. And it yeah. sold 200,000 copies, been translated to 15 languages. So what, for a guy who flunked high school English and had a year of junior college, you know, I consider that to be some kind of achievement. So, Yeah, well, well no, let's tell some more part of the story. Because every time you got an airplane, you talk to the flight attendants. You'd give them a book. Yeah. Yeah, and then one time I get, this this young lady had such a great attitude, so I gave her freedom for fear. And then two weeks later, my web guy called and said, "We just sold six hundred copies of Freedom from Fear." And I said, "How? Why?" And she said, "This flight attendant she posted something on on uh, you know on her blog, and it, it it was picked up by AOL and it went out to millions of people. And she profiled me in my book. And I you just go." Huh. And when I asked Charlie how he sold 2 million copies of Life is Tremendous, he said, I gave 200,000 away. Yeah. So I give books away. Uh, Peter Bilt Kenworth is a client because of that. Trident Seafoods is a client because of that. These are billion dollar companies. Yeah. And they're just people I meet on airplanes. And, you know, I develop a relationship. Mostly I just listen. And yeah. then I hand them a book. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to tell this story. So there's a lovely book, my favorite book from 2021 called You're Not Listening by Kate Murphy. She's a brilliant writer. And she tells a story in there about Dick Bass. Bass was one of the Bass sons from the Bass billionaire family in, in Texas. Yeah. And he was sitting next to this guy for three hours. He talked nonstop about all his achievements, climbing Mount McKinley and, you know, Kilimanjaro. And, and he just went on and on. And finally, the you know, the the pilot said, please put your seat in the upright position. We're getting ready to land. And he said, yeah. oh, my gosh, yeah, I haven't even introduced myself. My name's Dick Bass. And his seatmate smiled and said, that's okay. Good to meet you. My name's Neil Armstrong. <laughs> cool. I love that story because yep. we got two eyes, two ears, one mouth. Yeah. Use your eyes and your ears, not your mouth. Yeah. Four to one. Yeah. Absolutely. From there. So the, the reality is, is, you know, when, when I'm, I'm going to kind of wrap this all up together, practice, see what you want, take your time, visualize, implement, practice mentally so that you spend the time working on your body, on your head, on yourself, as well as on your business. Do I get it? Mind, body, spirit. Yep. Absolutely. Mark, again, give us the name of the book and your website, please. Ha. 
The name of the book is As We Think, So We Become, 22 Ways to Change Your Thinking and Live Your Best Life Right Now. You can go to www.sparkingsuccess.net to get the book. I also have a podcast that's free, and that's on there as well. You can sign up for my electronic newsletter where I send out something once a month. And by all means, uh, feel free to give me a call or text me 206-697-0454. I'll always get back to you within 24 hours. Give us the phone number again, please. 206-697-0454. Mark, it's been a pleasure. Ruth, you're the cool breeze in a stuffy room. (laughs) Thank you. And thanks to all of you for joining us. Choose one thing that you discovered and implement it in your business. These ideas, tactics, and strategies help you make more money, have more free time, and give back. If you like today's program, spread the word. Please review this podcast on any device you're listening to it on. Help a fellow contractor make more money too. For comments or questions, call me at 770-729-0258 or email ruthking at hvcchannel.tv. Thanks for listening. Have a great and profitable day.